This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk a little federal politics. Maybe we'll talk a little turkey, too, while we're at it, because there's a couple of different things going on today. We are, what, 10 days away from the election, and today's a big day for a couple of the uh, federal parties in that they are releasing their election platforms. NDP did it this morning. We will actually hear what their leader, Jagmeet Singh, had to say coming up in a few minutes. Uh, And later today, we will get the platform from the Conservative Party. I mean, it was back on October. October the 7th, uh, two weeks before, you know, things really got going here, that the Conservative Party leader, Andrew Scheer, said that they would unveil their fully costed party platform with plenty of time for Canadians to review it. When we put forward our platform, it will be fully costed. Uh, We've uh, gone through the PBO process. They've looked at all our announcements. Canadians can look at it, see exactly where we're uh, going to leave more money in their pockets. They're going to see how we're going to cut corporate welfare and foreign aid to pay for the tax cuts that will help Canadians get ahead. And they will have that information with plenty of time before they vote. All right. So now that day is today, 10 days before the election. And advanced polling, advanced voting actually starts today and runs through Monday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday are the days that you can go and vote. I know I'm going to be doing that this weekend. Now, Andrew Scheer is expected to announce his party's official platform later today, as I mentioned, but here in Metro Vancouver, Tawasin Springs, as a matter of fact. So why have they waited so long to do this? We're going to break all of this down now with the help of Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. Good morning, Keith. Morning, Simi. Okay, first off, I'm just going to ask you our Thanksgiving question too, okay? Mm-hmm. Other than the turkey, what is your favorite thing to put on your dinner plate? The stuffing. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we do, uh, for years, my, my brother-in-law does the turkey and the ham. I do, uh, <coughs> with help with the stuffing, I do the candied yams and the roasted Brussels sprout. Now, does your stuffing have sausage? No sausage. It varies from year to year. It depends on whether our, our kids uh, are vegetarian uh, oh, that particular true. year or not, or whether they're vegan or something else. So it, it literally <laughs> changes on the, the, the diets of my nieces and nephews and my daughters. <laughs> right. I, I very, I'm very familiar with that, but you're, that's the number one answer that we're getting on our survey today, too. I agree. Oh, I, love, stuffing. I love stuffing and so gravy. Oh, right? Yeah. Don't even need the turkey at that point. No, no. In fact, <laughs> there's some. I have minimal amounts of turkey. I just love everything else. I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> it sounds like my dinner. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about that with Karen McSherry coming up. Let's talk a little politics now with Keith too. Are you surprised that the Conservatives, Keith, waited and the NDP waited this long to release their platforms? No, not particularly. I, I think they both uh, uh, realize, I think everybody else does, people don't really start paying attention to this election until near the very end, particularly after that first big leaders debate. I don't think people were engaged in this uh, in this campaign at the beginning, and I'm not even convinced they're that engaged right now. But as we get closer to voting day, people, people start to pay attention. So it makes sense, I think, to release more details of your plan later in the campaign than earlier. Having said that, though, Simi, I'm not sure platforms really sway a lot of voters unless there's something really dramatic and different that's in it. I think it's still, because our campaigns are so leader-focused, I think that's what determines people's votes. It really comes down to um, their, their own history of voting for a party. I mean, some people will vote conservative or NDP or liberal because they've done that all their lives and they'll never change no matter what happens. Yeah. Others, though, I think it really turns on the the flavor of the day, the leader. Um, 
clearly Justin Trudeau brought a lot of new people out to vote in 2015 that weren't there before. I know a lot of young people who excitedly told me they were voting for the first time, they were voting for Justin Trudeau. I'm not convinced that's going to happen this time with him. Uh, I think Jagmeet Singh very much uh, is attracting, or certainly garnering attention, very favorable attention because of his performance on the English language, English leaders debate. And I think that may attract some young people as well. So I think people really gravitate towards the leaders or gravitate away from them. Um, and that's why you see leaders the focus of the, of the, of the campaign and the focus of attack ads. And right. it really turns more, I think, on those personalities than, you know, this tax credit or that tax credit or spending here or spending there. That's true. I was thinking back to the 2015 election and all the criticism that the Liberals got at that time because it wasn't a very fulsome platform, right? People were like, nope. is this it? It was a couple pages. Yeah, no, it was very much, they ran a Justin Trudeau-focused campaign. It was very successful. He was the shiny new toy. Uh, he's not that this time, which is one reason I think the Liberals are running into a bit of a bit of trouble right now, trying to galvanize that that voter base that was there for them in, in 2015. So, uh, you know, Jagmeet uh, Singh today had a had a platform that was very big on new spending, and that's going to you know it's going to attract some attention, particularly again the young people will probably like a. Um, a dental plan, a dental care plan that wasn't there before. Uh, he's announcing a big pharmacare promise. Uh, that's you know that's going to attract some attention. Uh, he's not balancing the budget, but neither is Justin Trudeau. And if Sheer comes out this afternoon with magically a plan to balance the budget, I don't think that's going to suddenly uh, cause voters to flock towards him that weren't there already. So I th- again, I think platforms take a backseat to the leaders and their personalities. Right, and I guess when you talk about attracting younger people, the NDP put something in their platform about uh, right away removing interest on federal student loans. That might be attractive to a lot of young people. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's going to be attractive. Elizabeth May is promising free tuition. You know, that would be attractive, I think, to a lot of young people or their parents who are paying that tuition. Um, but again, these lofty spending promises, I think, might get lost on a lot of people because, again, they look at the, the individuals that they're voting for in terms of a national leader. And I think that usually trumps, um, you know, local wallet concerns necessarily, unless, again, there's something significantly different. You go back to the B.C. election in 2017, the NDP promising to get rid of those tolls on the on the Portman Bridge. I mean, was, that yeah. obviously was music to the ears of residents in Surrey and Burnaby and New West and Delta, people who had to take that Portman Bridge every day and was costing them literally $1,200 or $1,500 a year. So just like that, that was a big promise. But also, what combined with that was a relentless attack on Christy Clark. And that was, again, leader-focused, leader-focused. And that's why I think you see the ads now. You know, Justin Trudeau is not as advertised. That's an ad that's playing relentlessly because the Conservatives find it easier, I think, to attack Trudeau, the leader, rather than a particular policy, because he's such more more prevalent in yeah. people's minds. Has anything about the campaign so far surprised you? I would say Jagmeet Singh has surprised me. I think his uh, his campaigning style, before the debate, I went to a couple of events with him, out in the public with him, and I, I did not detect going into this thing the personal connection he would have with people. He seems to really have resonated with a lot of folks, just average folks. So I think that has the potential for the, to pay off for the NDP. And I've not seen any evidence that's moved the polling numbers for him, but certainly his personal attributes in the number of polls have gone off, and he's besting the other leaders uh, on that. So that that alone is probably the biggest surprise. I think I thought at the beginning that Sheer and Trudeau would play it safe and be pretty cautious, and that's exactly what they've been doing. And, right. Uh, I don't know. It would be interesting whether any of them 
try to change the channel a bit in the last week because this is when people really sit up and take notice. And it's going to be interesting if messaging uh, changes. I know the NDP is changing its message on South Vancouver Island. They're worried the Greens are going to potentially take five ridings here, three of which are held by the NDP, four of which were held in 2015. And they're, they're suddenly attacking the Greens and Elizabeth May here in a leaflet that's sort of mass distributed, which attacks May on her comments of, on abortion and on her musing that perhaps propping up an Andrew Scheer government into right. power. So it, the messaging is going to change a little bit for these leaders, but uh, I think it's been a, a fascinating campaign, but kind of a dull yeah. one up until now. Oh, yeah, it has been. But also, I thought it interesting to note, too, in recent days, we're starting to hear about some... I don't know, discord almost within the conservative party as well, because it's almost like they expected Andrew Scheer to be doing better. Like, why is there still a stalemate with everything that's happened with the Liberals? Exactly. He's been getting some heat in the media. Now you got Peter McKay, the former cabinet yeah. being involved in potential leadership aspirations. But here's another thought that's suddenly uh, uh, percolating out there. If the bloc Quebecois really starts to climb in Quebec and it starts to get an impressive number of seats there, what happens if... Trudeau falls short of a majority. He have, may have the most seats, but if the Conservatives have, uh, you know, second most seats, and they could combine with the Bloc to form a minority, oh that is something people are talking about now. And that's that wasn't in the conversation last week, and uh, that would be extraordinary if uh, if that were to be the development here. I think the consensus for many many people this was either going to be a Liberal majority or more likely a minority. But now is the prospect of a conservative minority aligned with the bloc coming into view? And um, who knows? I mean, it's, but that's another scenario that has it can't be ruled out right now. Do you sense an enthusiasm for voting out there in the people that you've talked to? No, I think uh, this election is occurring only because it's there on the calendar. It wasn't. I don't think the public was clamoring for an election. There haven't been huge crowds out at the rallies. But, you know, uh, you know, I know Trudeau today is out in Surrey and uh, Poco and Burnaby seem to be getting a crowd out there. I think uh, Shear's been drawing some small crowds. Jugmeet Singh's starting to get bigger crowds. He was mobbed at Ryerson University after that debate. I mean, he had hundreds of students out there yeah, I saw uh, that. with him. And if they turn into voters, I mean, that's that's going to be good, good news for him. So I think I think the attention and the interest is going to ramp up significantly in the, in the next week, but it hasn't been there up until now. All right, Keith, thank you so much. And listen, have a good uh, turkey dinner. Yes, enjoy that stuffing. I will, you too. That is Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, weighing in on federal politics for us today. Once again, a reminder, advanced voting starts today. So check your voter information cards. They'll let you know where you can go and cast your vote. Or you might want to wait a little while because maybe election platforms are important to you. Not everybody has theirs out yet. In fact, this morning, the NDP released theirs. Later today at an event out in Tawasin, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer will release his party's election platform. So maybe you don't want to go rush to vote today, but really you can do it this weekend after you get a look at those party platforms. So let's see what it is that the NDP are promising. Uh, Jagmeet Singh, their leader, outlined six priorities for an NDP government, and they include things like a national pharmacare and dental plan, uh, what they're calling a super wealth tax, a price cap on cell phone and internet fees, as well as tackling housing affordability and student debt. Here's some of what he had to say. First off, we're going to ensure that we build and put in place a national pharmacare plan that's public, single-payer, and delivers medication for all. With our plan, you use your health card, not your credit card, to get the medication that you or your loved ones need. We also want to bring in place a national dental care program. Our dental care program is going to lift up 
over 4 million Canadians who don't have coverage right now with immediate coverage for their dental services. We're also going to make sure that people can have a home that they can afford. And that means making sure we've got the money to build half a million new affordable homes. But we also tackle the root cause of why housing is becoming so expensive. We're going to tackle speculation with a foreign buyer's tax. We're going to make sure we go after money laundering with dedicated resources to tackle money laundering. For young people who graduate with massive debt, we need to immediately start working to alleviating that pressure. And so our first step is going to be to ensure that we waive all interest off of student debt. Instead of liberals and Mr. Trudeau who waived $6 billion in corporate loans, we are going to stand up for students and say students should not be profited off of. Their debt should not be profited off of. Four, we're going to work hard to make sure we have a bold plan on tackling the climate crisis. To those young people who have fear and despair in their eyes, I want to look them in their eyes and say we are going to fight with everything we have to make sure we build a plan that is bold, that is audacious, that is based on science and targets that are real and meaningful. We're going to end subsidies immediately on fossil fuel sectors and we're going to help workers transition from fossil fuels. And five, we're going to put in place a super wealth tax. We're going to work hard to make sure that the richest Canadians pay their fair share with a super wealth tax, a tax on those who have fortunes of over $20 million. And six, to help out families that are struggling with the cost of cell phone and internet, we are going to put in place a price cap on cell phone and internet fees. That's NDP leader Jagmeet Singh this morning uh, announcing the NDP election platform. Those were the kind of six priorities that they outlined there. He also said that their tax plan will not send investors fleeing the country. He says the plan will save businesses money on things like pharmacare. If you look at our plans, we're actually going to save businesses a lot as well. With things like universal pharmacare, it's going to reduce the costs for businesses per employee We've uh, approximated about $600 in saving per employee with this plan. So it's a savings for businesses. In addition, uh, we've met with Chambers of Commerce who've said that we want universal pharmacare. In fact, uh, in my riding of Burnaby, the Chamber of Commerce endorsed the plan for universal pharmacare. They believe it's a good plan. So it's good for businesses. Second thing is, uh, we also met with Chambers of Commerce around Canada who said that one of their biggest struggles to expanding business is that they don't have affordable housing in their cities and people can't move to their cities or their communities to be able to work there. So those are two investments we're making which are going to help out business. But overall, if you look at the reasons why companies invest in a city or, or a community or a country, taxation is one reason, but it's not anywhere near the top reasons. And the top reasons are things that Canada excels at. Uh, having a skilled workplace, having a safe and secure and stable government, having uh, good services available for the people. These are the criteria that people look at, and we excel at all those. All right, that is NDP leader Jagmeet Singh this morning unveiling his party's campaign platform. You can find more information, of course, online. And as mentioned, the other party releasing the campaign platform today would be the Conservatives. Andrew Scheer is in the Metro Vancouver area today uh, making the rounds. Uh, He will this afternoon be out in Tawasin. And in fact, the campaign platform announcement will come at Tawasin Springs before he makes his way, I believe, out to, I think it's Crossbury Farms they're going out to. 
to to spend some time out there. So there's going to be a bunch of photo ops and announcements and things today. You will hear more about that, of course, on the news. But maybe you're one of those people who, you know what, you want to read every single campaign platform before you actually cast your vote. And hey, there's plenty of people out there like that. So uh, maybe advanced voting today is not for you. Maybe it is tomorrow once you can get a look at these new platforms that are being released. Once again, that does begin today, though. Check your voter information card so you can see uh, exactly where it is that you are able to do the advanced voting. And of course, we are 10 days away from Election Day, October the 21st. There will be lots of, I think, activity in the lead up. The polls seem to be tightening up a little bit. I mean, yes, we're still in the same position that we essentially were when we started, but there's a little bit of fluctuation, I think, particularly when it comes to the NDP. So it's going to be interesting to watch this next 10 days and see where we land on that. If you want to weigh in, send me at cknw.com. Our buzz line is 604-331-BUZZ. That's 331-2899. All right, better late than never. We are getting an idea of what the Conservative Party is promising if they are elected and form government after October the 21st. Uh, so Andrew Shear is here in the Lower Mainland today. He is out in the Tawasson area making this announcement and is in fact still out there discussing this right now. They're in the process of unveiling essentially what their platform looks like. So it's called Andrew Shear's Plan for You to Get Ahead. It is about 103 pages long or so. There's uh, chapters on jobs, climate change, and a, a pretty big section called More Help at Home. And that outlines their plans for all sorts of things, immigration, firearms, health, privacy, veterans, and more. So we want to give you an idea of what it is they have been promising. Have a listen to Andrew Shear. Throughout the campaign, I have announced several new ways my government will lower taxes and put more money in the pockets of Canadians. And today I want to highlight what that will mean for three different families many Canadians will be able to relate to. Consider the example of a retired couple living right here in Tawasson. Under our Conservative plan, they will get $2,580 back in their pocket every year to help them get ahead. Or the example of a family of four, soon to be five, in Montreal. A new Conservative government will put $4,642 back into their pockets. And one final example, a family of four in Markham. Each year, this family will have $3,264 more to put towards its future. We're the only party with a plan focused on you and on your needs. We're going to start by scrapping the Trudeau carbon tax that is making everyday essentials more expensive for Canadian families. If Justin Trudeau is re-elected, gasoline is going to go up 31 cents a litre, while the average cost of natural gas for a Canadian household is going to increase by $469. A new Conservative government will also introduce the universal tax cut, saving a couple earning average salaries $850. We will take the GST off of home heating costs, saving your family over $100 a year. We will introduce the Green Public Transit Tax Credit, saving a family of four who take transit up to $1,000. We'll make maternity benefits tax-free, putting up to $4,215 back in the pockets of new parents. We will introduce the Children's Fitness Tax Credit, allowing parents to claim up to $1,000 for sports activities. We'll also introduce the Children's Arts and Learning Tax Credit, letting parents claim up to $500 for arts and learning programs. We'll expand the age credit, benefiting the lowest income Canadians the most and giving a senior couple up to $300 back. We'll boost government matching to RESPs by 50%, 
helping parents get more for their kids' education. And we'll introduce the Green Home Renovation Tax Credit, putting up to $3,800 back in their pockets, in the pockets of families doing their bit to fight climate change by making their homes more energy efficient. All right, this is just some of the announcement that Andrew Shear is making right now out into Wasson, having to do with their uh, campaign platform, which they are putting out. It's 10 days to go till election time. In fact, the advanced voting started today. I've had people emailing me today telling me they've already gone and done this. So a little, it's, it is a little bit late for them to be doing this, but there is still an opportunity for people to read it thoroughly so that they can balance it against the other choices that they have before going to cast your vote, which again, you can do starting today. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are the advance voting days uh, just ahead, of course, the October 21st actual election. Now, I was taking a look at David Aiken, of course, our Global News Ottawa correspondent who has been analyzing and breaking down the Conservative Party platform. And he he took a look at the top three kind of savings slash revenue measures in the platform. And he said the first one is operating expense reductions. They expect to save about $22 billion over five years. Uh, they want to, I don't know what this means, but reprofile infrastructure spending. And I guess that's I don't, maybe cutting back on infrastructure spending, but they expect to save $18 billion over uh, five years. And then a, a CRA tax gap analysis and enforcement, they expect to save about $11 billion. What are their spending measures? What are the three big things they're going to spend money on? Uh, one, universal tax cut of 20, that'll cost about $20 billion. They want to make home energy bills GST free. That will cost about $6.7 billion and tax-free maternity paternity benefits, as you just heard Andrew, you're talking about there, uh, another uh, $4.6 billion. Now, the Parliamentary Budget Office also examined the promises in the Conservative plan and they always offer their assessment to each party's plans and, and some of them have gone well, some of them have gone not so well in that regard. And according to what David Aiken is saying here, the assessment of the Conservatives' plan to find $18 billion in savings over five years by deferring infrastructure spending. Uh, They call that moderate uncertainty. So there is still some analysis to come on the promises that they are making here. So what is that universal tax cut that you just heard about there? They're promising that they would reduce the tax rate on income under $47,630 that will cost about $548 million in the years 2021. And then it would more than quadruple in the year following, hitting almost $6 billion by the end of that first four years of what would be a conservative government at that time. What about removing the GST from home energy bills? The conservatives estimate this would save the average household in Canada about $100 in 2020. It would cost about $1.3 billion in 2021 and then around the same amount every year going forward. What is this green home renovation tax credit as well that they have talked about? Well, creating that, it's a 20% refund for eco-friendly home improvements. And they say it would cost about $894 million in the years 2020 to 2021 and $687 million in its second and final year. Also, maternity and parental benefits being tax-free. They're saying they're going to do that by removing the federal income tax from the employment insurance uh, parental benefits. They're going to do it in the form of a tax credit 
They say that's estimated to cost $616 million the first year, and then it would rise gradually over time. So there's some of the big ticket items in the conservative platform that, as I mentioned, is still being released right now out in Tawasin. A couple of other events that the party leaders are going to be doing. Uh, conservative leader Andrew Shear is here. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau is also in Metro Vancouver today. Uh, he's appearing in a couple of different ridings. Both of them have events you know, right into the evening, so you'll be hearing more about that uh, in the news.